Blog Talk Radio. I'm going to tell you an interesting experience I had this week. You know, with all of these Me Too exposures coming fast and furious this year, I would have thought that most people would be too scared to do anything out of line anymore. And maybe they are in certain places, like at work. But last week, I was speaking with someone, a young woman, who works with sex assault victims at a university. And she told me that absolutely nothing has changed. There's all kinds of bad things happening all the time. Apparently, putting a drug in someone's drink and having sex when she's unconscious, that's a popular thing. I I can't imagine it. And I asked her, where do these students get the drugs, right, these roofies? She said, they're not special drugs. They just take their parents' sleeping pills and use those. Okay, so I was really surprised. Maybe, again, I'll say, maybe Me Too was having an effect in famous companies, you know, that attract attention when they're exposed on social media. Or if you have a a strong HR department, someone can go and report you if you do something wrong. But she told me these crimes at school almost never uh, result in charges or any kind of serious conviction. So I don't know if it's true, but that's what I was told. And now... To happier topics on Jerry, Jerry Ocho is this? Jerry, come on, shoot! The recruiting animal. Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. His name is Eric 
John Brown on Twitter. Eric, E-R-I-C, John Brown. And uh, I got here's my first question. Have uh, you ever had to go to HR and ask them to get people to stop calling you Grizzly Adams? No, no, I haven't. Not yet. This guy's got a huge beard. He's got a huge beard. He didn't always have it. I went to your Facebook page. You didn't always have a beard like that. What's that about? What's that beard about? My wife appreciates facial hair on me, so I look better, and I tend to like and oblige my wife. So uh, uh, it works. Okay, it, it's not like you want to emulate the original John Brown. That's not. That's got nothing to do with it, eh? No, I don't know that guy, but uh, but no. I, yes, I you do. Yes, you uh, do. Yeah. Don't give me that. Don't give me that. That doesn't sound good. You're an American. What about Charlie Brown? Did you get a lot of jokes about Charlie Brown thrown at you when you were in school? No, no, I got a lot of doo-doo brown when I was in the army, but uh, that's never heard of doo-doo brown. Who's doo-doo brown? Who's doo-doo brown? That's me. (laughs) Doo-doo brown. Okay. (laughs) Anyway, you know what? You never hear much about peanuts anymore. I was thinking about that. Snoopy used to be so big. He's gone. I never hear about him anymore. Snoopy and the Red Baron disappeared. Okay. Now you say, preamble finished. You're a sourcing recruiter. What does that mean? Um, what? So within the Amazon model, Who's we don't the have. Noise? A, not me. Go ahead. Go ahead. We don't have a research. We don't have a research function. So in a lot of firms, a sourcer would be name gen, would be uh, list development, would be scraping, would be talent mapping. Uh, we call sourcers. Excuse me. We call recruiters sourcers, and then we have closers. So I like to make the differentiation that within our org we have sourcing recruiters because these are folks that not only need to be able to find folks but also pick up the phone and engage them. Uh-huh. So you do both of those. Yeah, hi, Jer. I paid you. You you fantastic. I complimented you because I thought you weren't here. Now you showed up. Anyway, okay. Uh, Well, what would you say? I'd like to hear it. I mean, make it worth my time. I'll tell you after. I'll tell you after. I'm busy with the guest, okay? Can I, can I say hi to the guest? Yeah, Who, who's the guest Eric today? Char- Charlie Brown? Eric John Brown. Eric Brown. It's, Char- it's Charlie Brown. That's right. How's it going? Good. How are you? The the John is silent, so Eric Brown will, will suffice. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> okay, cool. I'm sorry to interrupt your yeah, show, yeah, Animal. I just wanted to okay, make sure I, I got to get moving with the show. But now. look, the guy says that John is silent, and then he puts it in his Twitter name, okay? So it's not silent. <laughs> John's okay. are always silent. Yeah. <laughs> well, oh, Michael G. Cox, he's witty today. Okay, so you're a sourcing recruiter, you and you recruit for business development people and technical people. Is that right? That's right. Okay, so what titles exactly? What are the titles? Because you work in a big corporation. I don't know what kind of business development they're doing. Yeah, it's um, so like a lot of firms, um, Amazon is divided by business unit for recruiting alignment. So the area I'm responsible for is the North America Partner Alliance and Channel Group for Amazon Web Services. So if you, you know, I don't want you to tell Amazon too much. I don't want to tell you. I don't want you to tell too much about your company. I just want to hear about you. I don't, you know, if somebody says something stupid on the show, I don't want anyone going reporting you. Jerry, I think you're you're there in, you know, Florida or wherever. Put your phone on mute. Cabo. I don't want to hear I don't want to hear all the people in the background. Well, this guy's mumbling all, all the, his 
Tell them. Beautiful tanned people. Tell Mateo to hear that. (laughs) Mateo, he's already got me a Bloody Mary. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I'm an idiot. Okay. So you want to put so animal, animal? Just to be clear, you want me to put it on mute, and then maybe I'll jump in later, like later on. But problem is, I'll I'll start fading out once I feel like I'm. There's a wall between me and, and you okay, and the well, guests. Well, well, I don't hear any background noise, but I was hearing it before a minute ago. So stay well, on. Well, it's but not it me. It's not me. Okay. Okay. Did you okay. hear that? Let me ask you guests some questions. A, can you hear the jet ski? No, I can't hear it. Let me ask the okay, guests good. some questions. Okay, good. We're good. Yeah, let me ask the guest a few questions, okay? Now, we had a guest on here a few weeks ago, and he said that corporate recruiters are mostly posting ads on job boards and praying for results. They end up sourcing 200 people to make one hire, which means they're spending 99% of their time generating applications they have to throw out the window. Is that true or false, Eric Brown? <laughs> for me, it's not true. Uh, about 40% of our hires are through a referral, which we're fortunate to have that. So um, to answer your earlier question, so partner development managers, global alliance managers, solutions architects are my main bucket. And we, we have less than 20% of our hires through applicant traffic. So we're either getting them as referrals or we're networking to get them. LinkedIn is obviously a big source. Um, but I, I, I think, generally speaking, you're correct that a lot of firms are doing the, the age-old post and pray, and that's where contingent folks uh, can come in and, and make their money to differentiate by saying they can go deeper. Um, but, but for us, um, I know there's some pros and cons on, on our firm, but for the most part, uh, we have a good brand, and we get a, a lot of referral traffic. Uh-huh. So are you just calling people up who apply you know, on based, on, based on their resume, or are you really doing the name gen like you said at the, at the beginning? We do as much name gen as we can, but we're such a volume shop with the growth. Um, it's hard to put as much time towards true sourcing as, as we'd really like. Okay, so are you really a sourcer? That's what I'm trying to get at, or is that just part no, of your I'm name? A, I actually lead a team. No, I've been a sourcer, but I've yeah. either been a closer or a manager since 2010. Okay, so you know what? Let me just hide, you know, take a, a, a complete turnaround from the questions I was going to ask you. If your focus is closing, tell us what that means, because we've got a, a, cl- a good relationship with a closer at Microsoft, Amy Miller. Yeah, okay? power when closer. The, when, She's actually a power closer animal. Yeah, not just yeah, when they have, when the, when the ordinary recruiters have a problem, they call her in to you know give it to somebody mm-hmm, good. Yeah. So. So what does closing mean in your world, okay? Somebody's resisting so, yeah. and you, you go in and punch them out or what? No, no. For, for us, it's the life cycle of a candidate. So if someone comes in through whatever channel, they're going to work with a sourcing recruiter to get through phone screen, uh, to get scheduled for on-site. Before they come on-site, they're handed off to a closer. We call them a lead recruiter. So the first year and a half I spent at Amazon was as a lead recruiter. So be my, my schedule was prep calls, debriefs, and closing activities. So before someone comes on site at Amazon, probably similar to other firms like Microsoft, um, I don't know Amy, but I think they have a similar model. Um, someone's scheduled for an on-site, they have a 30-minute call with the closing recruiter, talk about the experience, what to expect, benefits. If they haven't nailed down comp, they might talk about it then. And then after the on-site process, obviously there's a decision to be made. And then once that's made, it's the closing to negotiate the offer and close the deal. 
Hold on. Uh, you know what? You're, you're kind of mumbly, I have to tell you. I don't think it's going to get any better, so I'll repeat what you said. So th- you've got a normal guy screening the candidate, and then they hand it over to you, and you spend a half an hour on the phone reviewing everything and, and, uh, and establishing the conditions of the offer before you actually make it. Is that what you just said? No, and sorry for the phone. I don't own a landline. I did notice that a landline is preferred, but uh, all I have is a, is a mobile. Um, prior to the on-site interview, the lead recruiter talks with the candidate to make sure they understand what to expect. And then based upon the outcome of the on-site loop, if you're going to offer, it's the closing recruiter's responsibility to negotiate and close that deal. Many times it takes much longer than 30 minutes. Oh, really? Is there something special that you can tell us, you know, that help us to be a, a closer? I mean, you know, does anybody have questions? Help me out here. What does it mean to be a closer? I, I honestly don't know. Anybody got a question? Rich Rosen, he's a tough guy. He's here. Rich, you got a question for him? No, Rich is no, no question. <laughs> no, Kathy Manish? I, <laughs> I kind Kathy of do. Um, we had a similar model at Deloitte, but – I'm confused. Do you just come in at the end, or are you also sourcing the candidate from the beginning? No, no, he's at the end. We established okay, that. He's so at the end. The lead recruiter then really doesn't follow it all the way through. And, no. Right? No. So, so how do you introduce yourself? I mean, how do you transition the candidate from the lead recruiter to you? I Good guess question. question. Good question. How do you yeah. build rapport? How do you build rapport after you're parachuted in? Yeah, so the, the sourcers on the front end do a really good job by making sure the candidate understands our process and the steps. In, on some teams, they run full desk. But on my team and many others, we have it split. That way the sourcers can maintain pipeline, can focus on relationship with the managers, and the closers can come in and close Did the you deal. hear my question? Uh, we already established this. How do you build rapport once you come in? That's what she wants to know. Oh, um, <laughs> I find out what their motivations are. I like, overcome any objections. Uh-huh. I give them the value proposition of the opportunity, the company. But how are you introduced? I mean, how are oh, you introduced? Yeah. Is that? It's, does the candidate understand from the beginning that a separate person will call them if yeah, and when an he offer said, yes. can be made? Yeah, That's he right. said the screen. Wake up, Kathy. He said the screener does a good job explaining the process, so they're not okay. surprised when Eric Brown shows up. Okay. Okay. So and it's booked. Yeah, and the call is scheduled by the by the coordinators. They know they know who you know. They know Eric Brown is the lead recruiter. He's going to get you ready for the on-site. Here's the handoff point. It's communicated it three or four times prior to me picking, yeah, okay. picking so up the now phone. Now let's get to yeah. the point. What does what does it consist of? What do you ask the guy? You say I find out his you know his requirements. I sell the company. Tell us how you do that. I want to know how to do that. Okay. Well, it's it's probably similar to what you guys are doing. I'm I'm nobody special, but I have my talking points on. Uh, these are the people that you're going to meet with. Do you have any questions? This is the format of our interview. This is what you can expect. No, no, no. Have We're you done past your homework? that already. We're past. We handed it. Look, I spent.
spending 10 minutes getting to the question. We're, we're talking to the closer already. What does the closer do? That's your focus now. What do you do? Spell it out. Walk us through it. Not in a general way, in a nitty-gritty way. What do you say to the candidate? You said, I want to review what their needs are. What do you say exactly? Oh, okay. Um, well, that recently changed because we can no longer ask about current or previous compensation. So we have to ask what their expectations are. And then when they let us know their expectations, we ask them how they came to those expectations. And then we discuss how our compensation model works. And then I review an offer with the manager. Well, well, wait a I sec. make the offer. Wait, yeah. wait, wait. What does that mean? You ask them because this is that's a smooth. How did you come to that? If they can't tell you what they're earning, that's going to force them to yeah. do it, isn't it? No, no, because well, I can't, they can I can't tell you. That. You can't ask. Exactly. I yeah. can't. I can't ask, and I can't document. Okay, but when you, you say no, how you, did can, you come to this, you can. Go ahead. You can document. You can document. You I just can. can't be the one that broaches it. It's, yep. it's, it's almost like a legal situation where they're op- if they open the door voluntarily, you can you can go in. You can also, but you also, when you document it, you need to just make a quick note disclosed by candidate. Yeah. But that's okay. going to de- that's going to depend on the company. Our company, we cannot ask, nor can we document if disclosed. Well, yeah, okay. That's ridiculous. Here, here's my question. Once you say to them. Uh, you know, he says, I want $100,000, and you say, well, Bill, how did, how did you come to that amount? He's probably going to tell you his uh, salary history. Am I right? That's the logical thing to do. He may, or he may say, based on my market research, based on the people that I've talked with in the industry, based on salary.com, it's just a way to get them talking because if you just ask for a, a number and they say that number, especially if it's high and you're going to come in lower, you have to set them up for accepting that or negotiating from that. So how okay. do you set yep. them up? How do you set them up for that? So if I say, what are your expectations for this solutions architect role in San Francisco? And they tell me that it's $350,000 total comp. And I tell them that's above the range. Um, I will make my best possible offer, but we may need to negotiate. And then obviously I'm working through other offers that I've made. I'm working with HR to look at what their comparables are making. So that we make a fair offer. Okay, but if he says three hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and you say, "Well, how did you come to that conclusion?" and he says, "Oh, I looked at salary.com," I would say, "Are you crazy? You trust salary.com? They don't know anything." <laughs> yeah. So what do you say? Well, what you do know, you say? I say the same thing. I say, "Look, everybody's got their ranges. Everyone's got their data points. We use third-party firms to validate salary data. We refresh the ranges every year." We try and be competitive, but understand that if you're expecting X, I'm going to be frank with you that it is above our range. I'm not going to meet those expectations, but I'm going to do the best I can. Okay. Are you likely? Wait wait a second, Kathy. Kathy, 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 just let me get this question out. Okay. When you say, and I'll bring you back, don't worry. When you say, I can't give you that. Do you, do you ever lose? How, what percentage of people do you lose right away at that point? You got no uh, way to, to bring them in. So for a year and a half, I was a closer. I filled 220 roles with an 85% offer accept rate. So, and not all of those were because of money. So I don't have a, a stat on how many I lost because of that one, but it's very, very slim. Uh, folks are okay. generally able. I had a, yeah. 
So there's other factors beside money, or they're willing to say, you know, I'm asking for too much. They're willing to come to that conclusion. Uh, yeah, we're we're pretty competitive, um, and the stock has done well. Well, not in the last week or so, but um, uh, we generally don't have an issue with attraction based on comp. There are a few firms that can outdo us in most in some cases, but really, it's about opportunity. It's about the role, and that's what we're selling, right? It's okay, not about hold money. On. You're not, yeah. Yeah, but hold on. So, so the, just this money thing. But you gave you gave us the example, three hundred and fifty. Yeah, and you said, you know what, that's more, you know, we're going to have to negotiate because that's more than uh, we're offering. So it does happen. It happens, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and you said, but you're saying it with you guys, it doesn't happen often, right? Is that what you're saying? Yes or no? No. Not for me. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. But, but let's say something. Kathy, I haven't forgot you. What if you're in a different company or you're working on your own as a solo recruiter? And it happens. Yeah. Okay? It It, it happens. Does. Okay, is that an issue? Is 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 that always going to be a big deal breaker, or is money not the big issue really? Because that's what it sounds like you're saying. It's not always the big issue. It's not always the big, big issue, issue. But I've worked at other firms that didn't have as many other things that would bring folks right. Everybody knows Amazon is an innovator. Everybody knows that Amazon does a lot of of building. Everyone knows that Amazon has had a huge amount of growth. They know that they're going to have better benefits than most. I've worked for other firms where it did come down to money and we may have lost more than 15% at offer. And there may have been a higher percentage at work for money, but as a closer, you have to, you have to pull levers on that other stuff, right? Is it culture? Is it work life? Is it the project they're working on? Those other things come into play. Okay, Kathy, over to you. Kathy, Kathy, over to yeah, you. Yeah, I just had a question because my job as a sourcer would be to ask all those questions at the beginning so that there's no surprises. So I'm just wondering what the rationale is for doing it at the end. So we, we do the same thing. Um, the sourcers on my team are very capable, full-desk recruiters. Our current model is such that we just split it up at offer phase because of the volume that we're working. Most sourcers on my team are doing three to four hires a month. The closer on my team is doing she, – she had 22 fills last month. So to be able to put that responsibility in one bucket and have it be that's, that's your jurisdiction is one way to go about it. Not saying it's the best way. It's what we've got right now. Okay. So coming coming back to this negotiating thing, right? So you've got a lot of stuff. So how do you what do you have to do? You have to have a you know, I'm just wondering if you could advise other negotiators, you know, whether they're maybe especially the people who aren't in companies like yours that don't have so many things to offer. Do you have to create a list before you go in? of like you've got your deck of cards and, and this is what I can, you know, this is what I, if he, if he, he puts out a queen, I'll put out a king and this, this and this and this, but you know, you've got a limit, a, a limited, you know, maybe a more limited uh, range of options than you, but do you calculate them all at once? I mean, or just, just, just have it with you already. Well, I, I mean, you're right. You do have to have your, you know, your hit list, right? Your, your deck of cards. Um, you've got to know your value proposition. I think that's important for anyone, whether they're a sourcer, closer, independent, big company, small company. What is it that makes your company unique? Is it your culture? Is it your product? Is it the, what is it? And you have to play to that. And right? you have to figure out, as you know, what what's motivating that person. Are they are they just looking for a raise, or are they looking for 
the next opportunity, whatever. Okay, so you were talking about your company in general, um, mm-hmm. but you're obviously you're, you're hiring for a few different. Let's say is every department. The question I'm going to ask you is: Is every department different? Do you have to figure out what every different department is offering? Just think about it for a second. I'm going to do an ad for my good friends over at PC Recruiter. Hey, everybody, recruiting animal here for PC Recruiter. You know they're the Swiss Army knife of recruiting software. I explained a minute ago what that means. But I want to tell you two things about them right now. One of them, you've heard it before, they are configurable. They don't tell you how to work, okay? You've got your own style of workflow, and their software lets you create a software that matches what you want to do, how you want to work, right? And if that scares you, that you say, well, geez, I'm not a good software guy. I don't know how to set it up. I'm going to be scared. I'm going to be confused. You don't have to worry about that because they also have great support. Everybody says so. All the recruiters who've been on this show who use PC Recruiter, they say they get good support, good, friendly support. It doesn't matter if they're solo recruiters or if they're with a big team. And that's something that I would want to know, that I've got a safety net. So it should be important to you, too. PC Recruiter loves you. They want to help you, right? So check them out, please, at PCRecruiter.net. PCRecruiter.net. Back to our friend, Eric, not John Brown, okay? Eric Brown, uh, so does every department really have different uh, value propositions that that they can offer a specific candidate? Yes. Some teams are going to be set up differently. And so look at it this way. So under Amazon, you might have Alexa, right? So somebody might want to work on AI and ML or devices for Kindle. There's value propositions for these different teams. Generally speaking, there's some big picture stuff that's attractive, but I think for the individual, you know, if you're going to go get a, an SDE3 and pitch them, hey, do you want to work on, so do you want to work on AWS? Do you want to work on whatever fresh, whatever group? Um, they've all got their, their value props. Okay, so you're not a technical guy. I looked at your profile. You, you, you've never been a programmer as far as I can tell. And you're working nope. for this really, really high-tech company, okay? So this just question comes up a lot. Rich Rosen is, is on the line, and he, he posted a, a good explanation of, you know, why he can recruit for any kind of position. He just has to be a good recruiter. Do you believe the same thing about yourself? I mean, how can you deal with these techies and close them on the value of working for this company, not on the basis of money, but on what they're going to get professionally, if you don't really understand all the details of their profession? Yes. Yeah, that's not the answer I wanted, okay? How? I said how. I didn't say yes or no. How? Um, Because I leverage the folks who are the experts in the tech to pitch the tech and the opportunity. It's my job to pitch the company to put ink on the paper, to figure out the money, to coordinate everything. Um, I've, you know, I've worked in home building recruitment. I've worked in energy industry recruitment. I've worked in high tech. I'm not an engineer. I'm not a programmer. I don't have to 
for my role and what I've done, I don't have to be deep on that. But I will tell you, my top solutions architect sourcer has two AWS SA certs and has two years experience and hired 71 people last year because he got really, really, really deep. But that's he's got to get the people to the party, right? I'm just the one uh, closing them. So there's, I think it depends on your role. If I were an independent, if I were running full desk, I would, I, I believe I would really have to have some depth for what I do. I, I just come in and make the deal. I'm, I'm nobody special. So you you're saying that if you were, uh, but even in your own company, if you're, you were on the sourcing end and you say you were, so you're making the initial contact with the candidate and you're saying, I'm not clear. Are you saying that? Yeah, you have to have to know technical, uh, uh, have to have some technical depth or, or no, you don't. I mean, before you can pass them on to an interview with a technical manager, do you have to? What what do you do? What what is what is a what? How should a a sourcer come across on that initial contact? They have to be vocally self-critical. They have to call out what they do and don't know. They have to screen to the best of their ability with their level of understanding. But they have to pass to someone who's more technical in order to really dive in. This particular sourcer on my team, he goes straight to phone screening. He doesn't pass a resume review to the manager. But there are other sources on my team, they have to pass the resume to the manager because they're not as technical. So Okay, but they have to get the resume first. Answer, they have yeah. to get the resume first. And to do that, they have to impress somebody, right? Yeah. Now, the yeah, thing is, really they got to impress their candidate, they, yeah. Yeah, they got the brand name behind them, but these candidates they're recruiting, I imagine that they're getting multiple uh, interviews or interviews with multiple companies. And, in fact, even you are going to have to deal with people who are getting multiple offers at the same time. Is that true or false? True. Uh-huh. So how do you deal with that? Is there, do you ask them, or do you, are you getting interviewed by any other companies, anybody else? Uh, uh, is there any other offers on the table, or do they tell you? We ask. You got it. How do you and ask? If they ha- How do you uh, ask? Who, who else are you talking with right now? Who else are you considering for an opportunity? Where else are you interviewing? Do you have any offers forthcoming or on the table? That determines how quickly we can move on our side. Yeah. Who else is saying that? Somebody else wanted to talk about that? He's right, and he asked it in the perfect way. Oh, okay. Fine. Look at that. This isn't such a tough show. See, Animal, I was expecting Maureen to beat me up about not being able to get past the receptionist when calling Amazon. You know what? I got that question here. Maureen has been beating you up, but you can't hear her. She's whispering in the background. Yeah. Maureen's not here. (laughs) And if you feel you need some more beating up, just just speak up. We'll help you out. We're here for you, man. You know what? The last. There was a guy on a few weeks ago, and he wasn't tough enough. On on the, he's keyboard tough on the Facebook groups. He's always very tough. He got on the show. He was a nice guy, just like this guy, right? Mild mannered. So Jerry and Actually, I told him to tough, toughen it up, and he got in trouble. Okay, he did it the I wrong a, way. People started reporting him to his boss. Go ahead. Oh goodness, um, Eric. Just out of curiosity, because we've all faced when if a company is in a PR situation. How do you how do you how do you address that these days, or do you or do you even bother? Yeah. Can I say something, no, I, no, Alan, about that? Yeah. Alan, before I get to yeah, these guys at Amazon two years ago they had terrible publicity and it doesn't just disappeared. So yeah. now you can answer the question, but that shocked me. Go ahead. Yeah, I um, I 
I ask for it. I expect it. I think that's yeah. an objection that you need to overcome if you're going to be successful. Our job is to get people in the roles, right? So mm-hmm. if you're dodging the question or being aloof or not addressing it, um, there's going to be questions and you're going to have a fallout rate. Um, it's unique. I-, I will say that, yes, there's been some press. Yes, there's some negative stuff. I encourage folks to fact check. I, I give people my experience. I tell them, you know, when I first joined, the, you know, the 2015 New York Times article was still pretty fresh. Um, it was about a year or so old. And I, and I got that question a lot. And I would say that's, that's not my experience. Um, but, but I don't work in a fulfillment center. Uh, I'm not punching a clock. No one is standing over me. Um, I'm sure that for some, the environment is difficult. But I kind of own that. And I say, look, it's a type A kind of place. You've got to be a driver. You've got to be a doer. It is performance-driven, and that's just how it is. For some, that's a plus. For others, it's definitely a negative. But some of the stuff that's out there that's either unfair or inaccurate, I look for opportunities to talk about it because I don't think that that should perpetuate as truth when it's not. Cool. I think I think Amazon has taken over over Google, over Apple, over any of the tech companies as the the most exciting company uh, in the world right now, especially with this, you know, big quiz about where they're going to, you know, put their their new eastern headquarters, right? HQ2 uh, was very interesting. Yeah, it's um that I never saw that coming, you know. I think when I joined, I, I thought, man, this is a company with so many ideas, with so much innovation, and I'm not an idea guy. I'm I'm an execution guy. That's my strength. So for me to be around these folks with these big ideas that are really getting into new, I mean, who would have thought that a company would say, hey, we've outgrown Seattle. We can't hire any more people or get them to reload. Uh, let's open another headquarters and let's put it out for, for, for bid. Like, what a way to get people talking. And, it, and it, 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 I think it has helped the brand, although there is some negativity about the, you know, the backlash of, hey, we're going we're gonna to take all your, all your jobs and raise your rent. And, I mean, there is some, some negative stuff out there, too. Michael G. Cox, you're a corporate recruiter. Do you have any questions for this guy? Well, I, I think the the process is very interesting. Um, and to call it a closer, are you dealing with um, lots of objections to your close? And if so, what are they and how do you handle those? Before you yeah, get to that, let me, let, me, uh, 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 let me do an ad before you get to that, okay? Oh, short. Think about it. Think it over, okay? Hey, everybody, uh, recruiting animal here. I got groaners. I got lots of groaners on this show, but don't <laughs> let them bug you. I want to tell you about Hire Tool. H-I-R-E-T-U-A-L. It's the super-duper sourcing tool. You tell it what you want, and it writes search strings for you. I don't know much about Boolean. I don't, I'm, I'm like this guy, the guest. I'm not an idea man. I'm not even an execution man, okay? But you don't have to be. You don't have to be with Hire Tool. You just tell it normal language what you want. It creates this little string for you, and it searches a whole bunch of websites, Facebook, LinkedIn, GitHub, all the great ones, and more, okay? Then it gives you back ranked results from best, closest match to the least close. It guesses what these people are earning, and it also guesses who's going to be most ready to leave. So you can focus in on the most likely candidates before you start calling everybody on the list. And that should improve your speed to hire. And apparently, speed to hire is the magic bullet of recruiting. Everybody's telling me that these days. 
Okay? And HireTool is also famous for giving you good contact info. And you can get a free Chrome extension and try it out. So please do check them out at HireTool.com, H-I-R-E-T-U-A-L. Back to our guest, Eric Brown. He's going to answer Michael G. Cox's question about handling objections. And then I think we should get into sourcing about, you know, how do you handle the gatekeeper challenge? Do you call people at work and she says, who, you call, who are you? Where are you calling from? What's the purpose of your call? That's after Michael G. Cox. Go ahead, Eric Brown. Yeah, biggest objection we get is around level uh, when it relates to the role. So like many firms, we've got uh, leveling. So a recruiter might be a, a four, five, six, or seven recruiter. And because we are not into titles and because we are very flat, you tend to not have teams bigger than 10, for example. There's not a lot of – we don't have senior managers, senior directors. You know, there's a lot of – we might get a solutions architect that's coming as a – as a, as a VP at another firm and they're taking an individual contributor role. Um, so the biggest objection that we get is the level of the role and what that means. And so we have to overcome that by talking about the org structure, by referencing comparables. Um, funny story. I had a guy from a previous firm who had been a vice president and he was basically getting an offer for a senior manager role at Amazon, and he called me and said, does this line up? And I said, well, go through your network and compare to people that you know and where they are here and what the titles are. And he was refreshed to find out the type of horsepower that we had at those levels, and that kind of speaks to the culture, which I think is attractive to some people too. It's not about multiple layers. It's not about uh, titles for the sake of title and the scope of work that you're going to be able to work on even at an IC level is usually enough to overcome any objection on that, but that's a really common one. Michael G. Cox, are you satisfied? Well, it's it just, it, it, I, their process is, is fragmented where you have the candidates speaking to various individuals along the process, all of which are in the recruiting process. I find that most objections need to be addressed before they're brought up, which happens in the very early stages. Um, so you're not dealing with them on the back end. So um, is, is it the case that most of your sourcers are dealing with or, or ensuring that these objections don't happen? Yeah. So they're good, having good those harder conversations? Yeah, that's a, that's an that's an important distinction. You're right. So, you know, if you look at the funnel, right at the top of the funnel, you've got the sourcers who are doing initial reach out, who are having those initial conversations. They're, the stuff that comes up with them is location, is compensation, is scope of work, is culture, and so we have to be educated and understand what our value proposition is so we can overcome those. But yeah, you're right. And, and the way and and like I said, it's not like this on all teams, right? Um, Leadership recruiting, they run full desk, right? So senior managers and above, they're, they're not – those candidates aren't having multiple touch points. Um, but in our case, and most folks within experienced higher recruitment, your middle tier of folks within AWS, especially where I live, um, you've got uh, sourcer and then lead. So it's, it's at least two touch points plus the coordinator, right? So that's three. But they, they know, you know, candidates know their scheduling. Um, so that's the three touch points. But, um, yeah, to your point, those have to be addressed initially. 
Yeah, you know what? That's Kathy's question as well. And now that it's you know been brought forward again, I don't see how you can divide them up because you have to, if if the screener at the beginning, the sorcerer, is also you know addressing these questions. What's left for you at the end? I, I, besides hand-holding, I don't, I don't get it, okay? But sure. let's not waste too much time there. And you know what? This kind of structure has been going on a long time. Shally said that's how his team was structured back at, at Microsoft, you know, 10 or 12 years ago. You know, they had these, I was at Avanade uh, from 10 to 13. That's how we had it at Avanade. Oh, so you, yeah, you were working for Rob, his boss, same boss, right? Yeah, I Rob worked uh, for Gina Berry, Rob McIntosh, David Watson. Those folks know me. Uh huh. Okay, I got a question before we get to that uh, sourcer thing, uh, sourcing question. So when you're, uh, you know, negotiating with these people, uh, I got a feeling like you're willing, you're ready to have them say no. It's not. You're not frantic. You're not. De- you're not desperate for them to say yes. You want them to say yes. But you know, if they say no, you, you, you know you're not going to feel shattered. You know you're not going to go broke. Uh, it's you're willing to have them say no and walk away. Am I right about that? That's your attitude. Am I right? No, absolutely, absolutely not. No, I uh, if I can salvage any deal, if I can go for exception, if I can bring in a, a hiring manager to help pitch the opportunity better, um, if somebody feels it's not a good culture fit, if I get if I get somebody else from the team as a, as a would be peer. Uh, I'm going to use every tool that I can. I, I don't want to miss a deal. Okay, so if the person says, I don't think the culture's for me, you know, how, how are they going to know? We haven't got to that yet. You say, wait a second, I'm going to bring somebody in. Do you, do you, you know, try to, do you really press them? Like, do you get emotional and say, hey, no, don't make a decision yet. Let me bring in the, the heavy guns, so the people who really know, well, who I can mean, really tell I'll, you. Yeah, I'll try and address it myself, but... I can only speak so much, right? I'm not in that particular team. I'm not going to be sitting a desk over from that person. So I'm going to give it my, I'm going to give it my best, but if I'm not successful, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to phone a friend. I'm going to, I'm going to reach out through a lifeline. How many, how many additional, how many additional people will you bring into that negotiating process from the different, you know, to answer different questions Four, six? I'll go, no, I'll go to, you'll bring in some extra people to talk to them. Two people, let's say a, yep. a culture guy and a technical guy. But after that, you won't say, "Oh, let me bring in a third. No, you won't, eh? Uh, I, at that point, I think, it's, um, I think it's done. I think if you've gotten a peer and then you've gotten uh-huh. a manager and you've done your bit and the sorcerer's done their bit, um, I mean, it's, it's, it's not going to work. You know, personally, I have, I, I, go ahead. Oh, go I ahead. just have a question that's, that's really unrelated, but I just wondered how or – how your metrics are measured as well as the sourcing team, how their metrics are measured. Uh, every team is going to be different. Um, we work backwards. So if, if we've got to fill X number of roles, we know recruiter productivity is average X, then uh, based on conversion ratios, I know that folks on my team, sourcers need to have, I won't quote some specific numbers, right, but I'll say, hey, sourcer Joe, sourcer Jane, you guys need to have X number of, phone screens, Y number of on-sites, that ought to yield Z number of accepts per week, and that will get us to goal. But you won't disclose numbers? I, I won't on this call. I won't say what okay. I'm rolling my people out on this call. Okay. Okay. Got to do another ad. Hey, everybody, PC Recruiter, back. I'm going to talk about them again. 
You know what they call themselves? The Swiss Army Knife of recruiting software. And that's because they're very versatile. I spoke about configurability a few minutes ago, but they're versatile in another way as well. You know, some software is best for staffing operations, you know, temp, uh, placing temp jobs. Uh, some of them are good for direct hire. Uh, some of them are best for corporate recruiting. Uh, um, you know what? But I can't exactly tell you. I can't exactly tell you what I wanted to say because I forgot. Okay? But the point I wanted to make is that PC Recruiter is good for everything. It's good for every kind of recruiting, no matter what kind of focus you're doing. Whether you're like, you know, Michael G. Cox and and uh, Eric Brown. Whether you're like Rich Rosen, a sole recruiter. Alan Floor, who does everything. He's been in every kind of recruiting. They will meet your needs, okay? <laughs> this is ads, I don't know if I can charge them for this ad because it's kind of confused, but you get the point. They give you great support no matter who you are. If you're a recruiter, they can take care of you. So please check them out at PCRecruiter.net. And don't tell Martin that I started the ad and forgot what I was going to say, okay? I don't need snitches, okay? PC Recruiter. Dot net. Don't forget about them. Okay, let's get back to uh, – uh, first I want to say something, and I, I don't know if anybody agrees with me, but I think if you don't really care, I mean, if you've got a – you want them to, to accept the offer, but if you're not going to freak out or be depressed if they say no, I think you're in a much stronger position to be a, a negotiator. That's just my – Intuition. I mean, I freak out, okay? Oh, we need to do this. We can't let this go down. The client's going to be upset with me, you know? But that's no good. I know from experience that's no good. Okay, let's come to a sourcing question, Eric Brown, okay? Because I know you came here from Maureen's uh, group. So if you, do you call people directly at work or, you know, do people, have you called in the past people directly at work for the first contact? Uh, yes, I have. Okay, and if the gatekeeper stop banging over there, okay? If the gatekeeper says, if the gatekeeper says, who's calling, please? What do you say? Eric Brown. What company are you if calling they say from, Eric? Who? I say it's uh, calls of a personal nature. You can't tell me what it's about. I won't. I won't put you through unless you tell me. I can't put you uh, through. It's our policy. Then I, yeah. Then I. Then I. I I back off and I try another way. But it's like I said, it's been years since I was a sorcerer. But that's what I would do. I I, I never lied, and um, uh, I never let anyone know that I was from a recruiting firm because the last thing I would want to do is turn that person off against me that um, they were being quote unquote recruited, and so it would make them look bad at work. Okay, so you don't really have. You just say it's personal, and if the gatekeeper doesn't fall for that. You just give up. You don't. You don't try any tactics beyond that, right? You don't have any well, comeback. No. Well, I mean, you can. If you can, no, not with that gatekeeper. I'll try another way, right? Like I'll try another extension, um, or I'll try to get somebody to transfer me. I'll try to get to the voicemail system and zero out. I'll try to dial by name. Um, I'll use, you know, people dot com or, or or Spokio to get a phone number. Um, I'm, I'm rusty as a sorcerer, but that that was the stuff I used to do. Okay, so you're not just an email man, are you? You 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 no, I don't believe in just email. Uh, you have to call people. I think I think electronic means is important for sure, um, and that should be part of your toolkit. But um, there's no substitute for being able to talk with someone on the phone, 
recruiters are salespeople, whether you're at the front end or the back end of the process, you're selling an opportunity and you're, you're always closing. So you've got to be able to talk to them. That's how you get it done. Preach, Eric. What do you... Go ahead. Somebody said something. Said I just preach. said preach. I just said preach, Eric. He's, he's on point. Oh. Okay. But what does he mean when he says it's a sales job? But what, what do you, I, I never really understand. So if somebody says, if they say to you, how much? That's the first question. How much? You, you introduce yourself. How do you introduce yourself on a phone call? Or did you, Eric Eric Brown? I would say, hey, you, this is me. I'm calling about a potential opportunity. would love to talk with you about your situation. I know that's kind of played out, but give me a few minutes, and uh, let's see if you're either in the market or you know somebody. Okay, we, we kind of lost you. You got garbled there. And, and so he's with the person, let's say, oh, okay, Eric, how much? That's the first question they ask. What do you say? I've, I've got a range. I mean, that's that's a great one. Um, some, you know, if you're an independent, you, you, you may not know or you may. Um, you may not want to give that up right away. Um, if they say how much, I say, well, you know, it's, it's dependent upon experience. I mean, there's there's ways to uh, there's ways to to respond to that. What about saying, look, that's not the main issue. We've got you know, got to see if you'd like the job before we start talking about money. Is that a fair thing to say? Absolutely. Okay. And so what if, uh, what if, oh, yeah, geez, I can't remember my next question, but before we go, I have a question. I have more to do, but this question came up. I was reading this article this morning about that shooting over at YouTube, and they interviewed a guy. He said, they said he's a 37-year-old programmer there, okay? And he he says, as soon as he heard, uh, there was something going on. He got on his skateboard and went downstairs. A 37, what would you do if a 37-year-old man came for an interview on his skateboard? Uh, would you say you're in the wrong place, or would that be okay? That would absolutely be okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to put my Amazon pitch hat on once again briefly and let you know that one of the things I love about Amazon is its diversity as a veteran we do a lot of vetting hires, and I absolutely appreciate and love that. Uh, we work very, very hard to do our best to have as much diversity in the interview pool as well as in the ranks of employees. And that's for, that's for age too, right? I'm, I'm not a young man. Um, I'm older than 37, and I don't ride a skateboard. I would, I would break something. But, but you get that, right? You get tattoos. You get no dress code. You get purple hair. It's just part of it. And I think most people know – Seattle culture. I think they know Amazon. I think they know high tech. Um, so a 37-year-old on a, on a skateboard is less uh, less of an issue to me than, than than a shooting, frankly. That would be more my concern. Uh-huh. Okay. And LinkedIn jail, that's not a concern of yours because you're not sourcing people on LinkedIn anymore, is it? No, but not only that. We, we, we do enough with them that even our hiring managers have recruiter seats. So um, we're, we're like, we're I don't, I, don't think, I don't think LinkedIn really has much issue with us based on how much we do with them. You know what? There's lots of people with corporations who they have LinkedIn recruiter, and they end up in LinkedIn jail. It's unbelievable. Maybe they won't touch Amazon people. I don't, I don't know, but uh, that know. was a question I was wondering. Okay, so well, let me think. What's a good question? I'm going to do another ad. Everybody can groan. What's a good closing question? <laughs> We're getting near the end. What haven't – you know, we talked to – I don't feel you really explain negotiation to us, so you can think about that after the show, and I, and I come back too. come back another time, and to the blow by blow, you tell us how to negotiate. 
but think about All it. Right. A good question. Okay, think. Did, did Alan say he's got a question too? Yes. Did somebody? Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll do that when 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 we come back. Okay. Hey, everybody. Recruiting animal here for Hone It. I'm sorry. I have to do ads. Okay. H O N E I T. And you know what? I like the guy who runs this company, Nick Livingston. H O N E I T. Hone It is the phone interview technology. The candidate. Let me tell you how it works. Candidate and the recruiter. They dial in to the interview, just like they would ordinarily. They have a regular interview. The only thing is it's recorded. So you have an audio recording, and it's turned into a transcript automatically. So you can read it. You can search it for keywords. You don't have to worry about taking notes and missing something or not hearing something or forgetting some detail. Just like we talked about, if you're not a techie, doesn't matter because it'll be recorded and you can pass that information on to the techies. They'll hear the answers and they'll understand them even if you don't, okay? And if you come to uh, a killer question, a knockout question, you just have to press a button when you start asking it. When the discussion is over, you press another button, you end up with a highlight. So the, you know, the hiring manager, anybody on the uh, interviewing uh, committee or team, they don't have to listen to the whole interview if they don't want to. They can just press this button for this question, and they'll get the answers. It really um, makes it easier, okay? And let me see if there's anything else I can say. Uh, Nick Livingston, are you here? Are you here, Nick? I just want him to say hello if he's here. He's a, he's a nice fellow. Uh, he's not here. Okay, or he's on mute. Hone it. H-O-N-E-I-T dot com. Alan Fleur, over to you. Eric, um, love your stuff. You, do you? What's the one or two things you wish that your teams or newer sorcerer recruiters would do, learn, or get better at? Um, that's great. Um the key to success for us is being deep with the business, the way to understand the roles, the way to pitch the opportunity to the candidate, the way to influence the hiring team as opposed to being an order taker, being a talent advisor. Um, the biggest ramp period is just getting that depth. Why I, I will go to the ends of the earth to not move a sorcerer in their alignment because I think moving folks around, you're starting over. So that's one thing. Um, the other thing is, honestly, picking up the phone. Uh, our, our team is not unlike many others where folks are relying too much on, on email or, or in-mail uh, reach outs. Um, I think taking the time to get on the phone um, is another thing that we can do more of. It, it's hard when you've got numbers to meet and you've got 30 recs and um, you only have you know, so much time in the day and you're responsible for, for everything else. Um, but those are those are two things. So depth with the business and and picking up the phone. Cool. Picking up the phone. I got to tell you, I am shocked to hear you say that. Okay, in a, in a guy in a corporation, I, I figured you would never touch the phone and never encourage people. <laughs> I'm very impressed. Okay, we're almost out of time, so I I can't ask you about how you sell. What do you mean by selling? Did you think of a question? Oh, do you think of a question you want to talk about? Closer. Well, I would. One of the reasons why I signed up to be on the show, first time ever, and I've only heard a few of them. Um, but I wanted to lean in and come on the show to give folks an opportunity to ask those culture questions, to ask those uh, wonder questions. Like I said, a lot of misinformation, a lot of keyboard warriors, quote unquote, um, that like to pitch stones. But um, 
I'd, I'd love. I know we don't have a lot more time, but if anybody has anything they want to know, I'll, I'll I'll give them I'll give them the info I can. You got five minutes. You mean you want to do a, an advertisement for your company here, right? Without paying for it. Well, Is that I, what you're telling I, me? I, I, well, I am on the show, and I do have two openings on my team. I do have a full-time and a contract recruiter role open, but uh, I won't go into the pitch for that necessarily. No, no, I, I, I don't go ahead. Get on I'd love to hear it. Give it a pitch yeah. for those if you want. Yeah, I want to hear it. Yeah, so Amazon Web Services, the uh, one of the leaders in cloud computing within its sales and marketing organization, uh, we need a sourcing recruiter for tech focus, uh, partner solutions architects in North America, as well as I need a contract recruiter for uh, uh, a, an initiative that we have for emerging partner growth, where I need to hire uh, a bunch more business development folks within uh, cloud computing. So uh, anybody who is interested or has referrals, Eric J. Bro at Amazon.com, please send your info. And I'd love to talk with you about what uh, what we're doing. Eric J. Bro. No, uh, we don't have standard naming conventions. So folks like Maureen would be interested probably to know that uh, there's not a Eric.Brown, right? So if you email Jeff at Amazon.com, Jeff Bezos will get your email. uh, And he may even respond. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's Eric J. Brown, uh, a combination of Eric John Brown. Um, that's my, that's my email. Uh, okay. Okay. So, uh, geez, uh, I guess that's it. Uh, maybe you'll come back again. Okay. Thank you. Eric John Brown. <laughs> to talk finally get a chance to start talking the mouthpiece comes in go ahead jerry take over well you know it's like you're a puppet and um and jerry's it's jerry's voice or the he's the ventriloquist (laughs) i was just interjecting i'm not taking over i was just interjecting (laughs) okay can i take control again please and ask her a question you got to do something with this thing man it's dying here please please Okay. Has everybody heard about the virtual Christmas Shut party, up! January 21st? Shut if not, up! go to I'll jerrytherecruiter.com. I will give you a chance if you ask me. Just don't butt in. I have not been able to talk for five minutes, okay? Forgive me. Yeah, you got, you got your whole show to blab for a half an hour. Give me a chance, will you? When I ask for it, at least. <laughs> 